everyone, and welcome to episode 64 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. If it's your first time here, welcome and thanks for the listen. On this podcast, we talk about video game and movie news, as well as what we played or watched over the week. My name is Barry, along with my co-host. My name is Craig. And let's get into the E3 news, because there is more of it than any of us really uh, imagined. Yeah, agreed. There's way too much. I'm going to start off with uh, my pissed off moment of E3. <laughs> okay. Bandai Namco, what the explicative did you guys do? Your <laughs> conference was one game, and your conference was the Houses of Ashes game. Okay. That we already saw during the Xbox uh, reveal, I believe. That was mm-hmm. the worst E3 presentation I've ever seen in <laughs> my entire existence of watching E3. Like, you have games, you're working on them, why not show them? I am so confused, and I'm actually waiting for them to come out and say, oh, something happened with our broadcast, we have to do it another time. Yeah. But until then, this is what I believe your E3 press conference was about, and it was absolute trash. <laughs> I'm just t- so disappointed. I didn't watch it. So I did not know it was that bad. I actually am excited for House of Ashes because I like that anthology there. But there's a multitude, not a multitude, but there's a decent amount of other stuff that they have in the works. And for them literally to show nothing is besides that is crazy. How long was the conference total? Ten minutes. (laughs) Really? Yeah, ten minutes. (laughs) Ten minutes. And it was an interview with one of the people I am. I'm waiting for Bandai Namco to say psych because that was yeah. like really pathetic because you have a lot of people excited for your Demon Slayer game, including me, mm-hmm. and you might be a little bit excited for it, too. You were supposed to show off like the demons or give a release date for the game because you've been showing off characters, you know, almost it seems like every month now. So why Yeah, they're doing it is beyond me. But Bandai Namco just like dropping the ball like that was the worst way to end e3 like the <laughs> absolute worst yeah even worse than sony not showing up i yeah. think yeah because to me that was the worst so far but it seems like that is not the case anymore yeah i, I don't know it's it's amazing to me it was <laughs> it's like that but we'll continue we're gonna go ahead and talk about the better types of things okay so I'm going to go ahead and go into the, (laughs) yeah, yeah, we're going to go ahead and get into the Nintendo recap first, because that is the one that I wrote the most recent notes on. Okay, so we'll I'll announce all the games that they kind of went through and then we'll talk about our opinions on some of them. Nintendo recap, like first off, Breath of the Wild 2 uh, is trailer is shown and is probably going to be released 2022. Mm -hmm. At least that's all it said. The developer did mention that he said hopes. 222 and i still don't believe it's going to be at 222 so we'll see me neither unless unless the switch pro comes out yeah then maybe yep exactly super mario superstars redo new WarioWare game remaster of advanced wars a new 2d metroid metroid dread kazuya from tekken joint smash uh fatal frame maiden of black water is coming to switch a Dagon Rampa Decadence collection of like five different games and Shen Megami Tensei five was announced. Yeah. As well. Do we want to do like our favorites from each conference? Yeah, I think so. That I might not be a bad. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with for Nintendo. Obviously everybody knows I'm not really a breath of the wild fan. So that one wasn't aimed at me, but that's still a big deal for me. I really, really enjoyed the fatal frame games on like PS2. They're terrifying, but I enjoyed them. Um, I was excited about yeah. this. And then afterwards, they did say that these are coming to PS5 and Xbox as well. So I'm excited about that. Um, and I'm super excited for WarioWare. I think that's the other one that kind of came out of nowhere that I was like, all right. So as long as the touchscreen capabilities on the Switch are OK for it, I cannot wait for WarioWare. Yeah, I look forward to that one, too, a decent mm-hmm. amount. Probably the one probably definitely for me is going to be uh, Mario Party Superstars. And the reason I say like a redo is because it looks to be a remaster of some of the classic maps from past Mario games and like the top 100 best mini games. 
across, yeah. you know, maybe it was one, two and three. Uh, for me, I love Mario Party series. It's about time it came to the online world to make it easier for friends to play. And I'm just super excited for what it's going to do. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's just too bad Nintendo's voice chat still sucks. <laughs> I love how they put up there like, hey, and there's stickers so you can communicate. And I'm like, or you could make it so we can actually communicate through the system itself like a normal exactly. console. I also don't want to forget about the Metroid because that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, and a yeah, 2D Metroid. Metroid Dread. Yep. Metroid Dread, like 2D Metroid is cool to me. That reminds me of what I used to play on like regular Nintendo um, and Super Nintendo. So I'm excited for that. And that comes out fairly quickly, right? October. Yep. Yep. So, so I'm excited. for uh, that. I'm, I'm excited for that one, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Metroid Dread. I really never got into Metroid, but I think I really should. Uh, yep. It Metroid kind of came off at like the worst starting point for me, where I think the last Metroid I played was like the 3DS. No, okay. sorry, the D, the Nintendo DS version of it. So I never really played the 2D ones. I never really played the 3D one on Wii. And they did say they're working on that still. But in the meantime, I think this is what's meant to hold people over. And I think people have to be at least be happy that they're getting something related to metroid this year instead of nothing correct yeah i think the metroid prime is probably at least another year or two off at the earliest and it's already been in development for a couple years but they're having some serious issues kind of like halo so i wouldn't expect that one next year either yeah exactly if i had to pick another if i had to pick uh another one for me it's going to be shin megami tensei 5 a lot of people have been waiting for this for a long time The game has a lot of roots in Persona, which Persona Royal was my game of the year last year, and pretty sure Persona was the game of the year uh, (laughs) for me the year before before that. So it's nice to see those fans finally get something for Shin Megami Tensei V that's not a remaster. And what I really do like about it is if you're looking to get a game that's really in the same style, look at Tokyo Mirage Sessions FE. Yes, it's a Fire Emblem game, but the menus and everything uh, seem very streamlined and um, influenced by Tokyo Mirage Sessions. So take a look at that. But uh, I'm, ex- I'm excited for Shin Megami Tensei 5. I didn't think I would be. But with its influence from Tokyo Mirage Sessions, I think I'm actually excited for it. Yeah, um, never really played any of them. So it's going to be interesting. I definitely want to try it out for sure. All right. Do you have any other uh, anything else you want to talk from the Nintendo recap? No, I think I'm good. All right. Let's go ahead and get on to Xbox and we'll talk about E3 in general as a whole after kind of going through this stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think Xbox, you know, after after today did come away with probably the best conference so far. Um, I know. uh, And like Nintendo fanboys will probably tell you differently because Nintendo did do a good job here, but. As I get into all the games coming out for Xbox, it it's very it's pretty impressive. That's what I'll say. So for yeah. the Xbox recap, I'll announce first that Hades comes to Xbox. Twelve Minutes, which is a very limbo like game, is also coming out. Psychonauts Two comes out in August. Age of Empires Four, Forza Horizon Five, Halo Infinite with a trailer on story and multiplayer, but still no release date other than twenty twenty one. Starfield next year on 11.11, The Outer Worlds, Contraband from the Just Ban- Just Cause developers, Slime Rancher 2, Redfall, A Plague's Tale, and I forget what it was called. I think it's Requiem. Something like Atomic that. Atomic Heart, <laughs> Stalker 2, Heart of Chernobyl, and Flight Simulator for the Series X. It's a lot. <laughs> it is. And just keep in mind, too, that a lot of these games are coming out. Uh, well, not a lot of them. I'll kind of go over it. But... Uh, these games are all mostly coming to Game Pass day one. Yeah, I mean, uh, they they started their show with I forget how many they said they were going to announce, but all but three of them are going to be on Game Pass, which is insane. Yeah, and it, let me bring up actually what the. And the one that uh, what is it? The, yeah, one that, the one that surprised me the most, though, was for sure Back for Blood. Right. And saying yeah. that one's going to be on Game Pass day one is insane because that to me came out of nowhere. I think we knew Hades was coming, but it's nice to have confirmation on that. I think that one's Game Pass as well. 
Um, I so, or is it not? Don't. S- yes, it is. It is. Okay. Uh, Xbox console day one. So, okay. and I'll go over it here, but what they started off with the show is they announced that there's a bunch of Bethesda games coming to Xbox Game Pass. Uh, separate from that is Yakuza, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Yep. There's Rage, Wolfenstein 2, Fallout 3, Tactics, Fallout 2, and Original Fallout, The Evil Within 2, Doom, Dishonored, the DLC, which is called Death of the Outrider, and Arcs Falidus, which I've got no clue what that yep. is, and, and I might be uh, dating myself here. But day <laughs> one, just for this year, is Psychonauts 2, Age of Empires 4, Forza Horizon 5, Halo Infinite, Back for Blood, The Ascent, 12 Minutes, Shredders, Sable, The Gunk, Scorn, D&D, uh, or Dungeons & Dragons, Dark Alliance, Hello Neighbor 2, Origami 2, the Anacrisis or Crucis, uh, Flight Simulator, Among Us, and Hades. That's all day one <laughs> for this year. That's insane. Um, again, showing the value of Game Pass. It, I mean, it's out of control. If you have an Xbox or even a PC at this point, it's a no brainer to have it. And also, you know, Microsoft announced before their conference about they're going to be bringing Game Pass to built into certain TVs. Um, or, you know, you don't even have to have a console or a computer at this point. So if you're even remotely interested in games and you don't have the $500 to drop on a Series X or a computer to build, there's the third option where you can literally just be streaming this stuff and still play a good chunk of games that are coming out. So pretty crazy. Yeah. And if I'm looking at games that I'm most excited for, let me uh, let me start off with like the most I'm excited excited for is uh, Forza Horizon Five. Yeah. I didn't expect this. This was completely out of the blue, and it was probably the biggest surprise for me of the of the E3 show. The fact that it's taking place in Mexico, and I've mentioned on this podcast before, I am Spanish. I love everything to do with you know the Spanish culture and everything. So. Forza Horizon 5, I'm just glad it's taking place in a Spanish-like area. And Mexico really is kind of a culmination of like a lot of different areas. There's beach, there's jungle, there's desert, there's cities in it. Like You can pretty much go to Mexico and, and experience a lot yeah. in a lot of different ways. So I am so happy for Forza Horizon 5. And uh, like for me, that's by far the biggest surprise. Yeah, um, the Back for Blood one, like I mentioned, was probably the biggest surprise that is coming to Game Pass, not the game itself. Um, but I'm trying to think, I think Plague's Tale is probably the biggest surprise for me that I was most pumped about. You and I both have played the first one, really enjoyed it. Didn't know that there was another one coming. So that was kind of exciting to have that kind of come out of nowhere. I really enjoy the games that you have no idea about that just pop up in E3. That's like my favorite part. So super excited to play that when it comes out. But that's I believe that's next year, right? Yeah, that is it. Yeah, that is next year. And they don't have it confirmed for anything on Game Pass. But that's like the second game I wanted to talk about was the Plague's Tale. So I'm glad you mentioned it. Mm -hmm. And like with that, you know, Xbox is kind of showing it, showing itself off a little bit now with all of the studios it has acquired. We've now been about, you know, a year to two years for some of these developers the fact that Starfield is also an exclusive is a big gap for them. Yep. So all of this is really like good for Xbox. Xbox got torn to shreds last console generation for not having enough exclusives or not having at least enough, you know, good enough right. exclusives. And, you know, they, they've kind of come back with it. And the fact that they've been so friendly with PC as well just makes everything, you know, even the better for the relationships when it comes to like X Xbox players and PC players. Yeah. Overall, I think it was a pretty good conference. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, they did what you want. They came out and showed you a bunch of games and didn't mess around and waste time really uh, with anything. They're just like, here's a trailer. Here's a trailer here. We're going to talk to you about Starfield real quick, but then here's five more trailers. So. Yeah, they didn't really uh, kind of beat around the bush with this. You mm-hmm. kind of expect, I, I kind of expected them to, like take their time, whether it was like showing off games, having somebody talk about it, but kind of the theme of this E3 was just to keep going, like show the games, get the presentations over with and let's get on to the next thing. So (laughs) yeah, I'm, I'm happy for that. I really don't care for the live band performances that, you know, they do sometimes. I really don't care for the, 
developer interviews unless it's in like a nintendo treehouse fashion where it's like after the conference you can go ahead and you know delve into a developer interview afterward but yeah yeah xbox did really well there and i'm glad that they took advantage of this if i had to pick an, a, like a slight disappointment though it's definitely going to be halo because we got to see the multiplayer stuff which is cool but the single player like the campaign we didn't see anything right they gave us like a a CGI trailer of Master Chief floating through space, and that was it. So that doesn't give me much confidence that they've done literally anything to fix the problems yet. Yeah, I... And I was talking to this about a couple of friends, too. I really don't like the theme of all of these games going open world, like, especially, like, with shooters like this, where... Yeah. You don't need to go open world. Like, I'm completely okay with going with Master Chief and just going mission by mission and building a story there. Like, for Zelda, it's different. That makes sense. For a lot of these other games, like Assassin's Creed, you know, it makes sense that it's open world. But this doesn't really have to be. And that that part worries me because I wonder if... I don't know if they've nailed down this part of the open world shooter type thing where... You know, even in, you know, a, a very popular game, Destiny 2, you know, that game is, you know, you travel between hub worlds. And while it's like a little bit open world, I really wouldn't consider it, considering you're just kind of jumping from world to world, doing a mission to mission. Yeah. So we'll, we have to wait and see. But Halo, Halo at least looks better. People seem to yeah. be happy with it. So I guess that's good for 343. Hopefully it comes out this holiday. We can only hope. <laughs> did did you end up having any other thoughts on E3? I thought it was a pretty okay conference. I mm -hmm. did admit my expectations were a little high, probably for it. I did expect yeah. a little bit more from all the developers. And people who are wondering why we're not talking about Sony is because Sony's not a part of E3 anymore. They weren't last year or I believe the year before. They just kind of do their own thing. So be prepared for when Sony decides to do its state of play yeah i guess so yeah because we've heard literally we've heard nothing from sony and it's it's kind of weird because we still don't really have a firm grasp on what exactly is coming out even this holiday for playstation i mean we heard god of war next year and horizon hopefully this year so that's pretty much all we have right now exactly and then some other small games that uh well i don't want to say small games but you guys get my point we have a Guardians of the Galaxy game, which my okay. opinions on this are kind of <laughs> all over the place. Uh, yeah. We were really burned by Avengers last year. And while the story I thought was good, I don't know whether or not this is going to be enough for Square Enix to kind of redeem themselves in the Marvel franchise part. So I'm going to kind of hold my opinions until we probably until we play the game. Mostly. Yeah, I'm OK with this game if they're just going for a single player experience, right? And not trying to do what Avengers did and tie in the, you know, consistently online deal. If they're just going for a straight experience, I can enjoy that. The single player like campaign in Avengers, I thought was pretty good. So if you can give me that in Guardians, I will be perfectly fine with it. But just don't give me all the other uh, crap that came with Avengers that just was not good. Yeah, and the... The Square Enix conference otherwise was kind of a disappointment in a lot yeah. of ways. I was hoping we would see something about the, a new Final Fantasy 16 that's going to be exclusive to PlayStation. We saw nothing there. We did see the Dark Souls inspired Final Fantasy game, which it didn't look that great. If I'm yeah. being honest, I can't remember its name, but uh, at the end of the title, you know, the trailer scene, it said a whole new, you know, take on the Final Fantasy franchise. So I guess we'll see what it ends up looking like. But other than that, for the Square Enix uh, conference, we just had them uh, remaking a bunch of the old Final Fantasy games and that they're coming to mobile. Yeah. Final Fantasy Origin, The Stranger of Paradise. Um, and I did some digging and it looks like, you know, people are saying from the demo that the names being mentioned would be like the characters from the very first Final Fantasy game way back when. Um, so I guess that's what they're going for. And then they did release uh, a demo on the PlayStation 5 that was broken. So they were like, hey, you can try out the demo now. Just download your PS5. But whenever you did, it came up as corrupted. 
So I haven't checked today to see if it's fixed. By the time this goes up, it probably will be. But there is a demo out there that we will eventually get to play so you can try it out for yourself. Yeah, I'll have to try it. I knew there was a demo. I didn't think it was out yet. Yep. And then from the Capcom one, there really, really wasn't a lot to talk about. What <laughs> no. I'll mention is that Resident Evil DLC is in the works for Village. So good for them. Uh, you know, a part of the news is that this game had kind of the best sales month of any game so far this year. And Resident Evil Village deserves it. Hopefully it continues to push it, push up numbers and continue to be, you know, loved by a lot of people, including me. Mm-hmm. And uh, just good, good in general for Capcom. They've kind of revitalized the Resident Evil series with these past couple iterations, whether it's remake village remakes village or um, biohazard. So good, good on them. That was like my funny moment of E3, though, was their DLC announcement. It almost was like, oh, you guys want a DLC? OK, well, we'll make it. But give us some time like they didn't yeah. expect Village to be as good people to enjoy it as much as they did. But um, I'm down for some DLC. The Resident Evil 7 DLC was really good. So bring bring on more. Yeah, exactly. The last piece of news I have is the Black for Back for Blood DLC will be available to everyone as long as one person downloads it, which I think is a cool thing where a lot of the times you're gatekeeped if one buddy has DLC and the other one doesn't. It seems like Back for Blood is just more on the lines of, okay, let's just get everybody to play together. Yeah. So as long as this probably hasn't good sh- good sales initially, you know, you and your friends could kind of break up when you want to buy the DLC packs, I guess. So Yeah, take turns. Everybody buys one and then it saves you money. Pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's all I have for news. How about yourself there, Craig? Yep, that's on. You hit it all. All the E3 all right. goodness. Perfect. Uh, what I will check real quick uh, before we get into games is when the I still think there is an EA E3 that we okay. still have not done. And let's see here. While we're doing it, while we're uh, while I'm looking it up, what did you end up playing this week? So I, I was going through and I actually played more than I thought I did. So um, I played some Chivalry 2 and I played the wonderful power washing simulator. And then two other games that came out of nowhere. Uh, I did play ratchet and clank in Astro's playroom and backstory on that, because I know I've been saying forever that I'm not going to get a PS five until there's a game out there that makes me buy it. Um, PS, the opportunity to buy a PS five kind of fell into my lap yesterday. And when that happens, you kind of have to, jump on top of that so i do own a ps5 now i have the series x and the ps5 so barry and i are both fully into the future i guess um yeah but yeah those are the four games i played and before i get into the games i played ea play and while it's not a part of e3 is not going to be shown off till july 22nd according to (laughs) gamesradar.com so just be on the lookout for that i guess yeah it's a little far off yeah, with that, we'll talk about games we played, and while I should have done more, uh, it's been a very <laughs> busy week for me as I'm getting ready uh, for a big move here. For me, it's going to be Ratchet and Clank. I did not cool. get to play Final Fantasy Integrate, even though I probably can't call myself a gamer. I, <laughs> I'm a fake gamer, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I then we can let's uh, let's do the discussion here on Ratchet and Clank then. Yeah. Ratchet and Clank is awesome in a lot of ways. I didn't expect it to kind of blow me away. And I was telling you, Craig, is I tried to hop on the remake when it came out. Mm-hmm. And even with the PS5 upgrade, I kind of just found myself falling off of it really quickly. I'm not completely sure why. I just wasn't getting the same fun that I was getting, I guess, from the old Ratchet and Clank games. But this Rift Apart game is awesome. I am loving playing it. The DualSense controller is awesome. The 3D audio is great. And the game looks spectacular. Um, it's kind of amazing how, like, and everybody's toting this about how this game is kind of your first test into the new next-gen, um, the next-gen life cycle with Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. What about yeah. you, Craig? How do you feel about the game? So, I mean, this is technically... Technically, if if you're not counting Astro's Playroom, this is the first game that I've played on the PS5. Um, 
I would say now having both and played games on the Xbox and the PlayStation, it's pretty clear that like there's a definite gap in uh, like next gen games and PlayStation as of right now is really the of the two. The only system that has that like next gen experience, there's games that look good on Xbox. I don't want people to get that wrong there, but like Ratchet and Clank is a game that like for me, it was the first time so far where I started a game and been like, all right, this is this is next gen. This is what next gen is supposed to look like. And for me, I don't know if you ever watched the Ratchet and Clank movie when that came out a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, it wasn't very good, <laughs> but <laughs> it kind of reminded me of like we're getting graphics wise. We're getting the Ratchet and Clank movie, but you can control it. So it's pretty crazy how good it looks. Um, yeah, the, the dual sense controller works well as far as giving you different firing modes on all the weapons. And I did bounce off the last Ratchet and Clank like you did. And this one so far has kept me entertained. And I think it's just because of how good it looks. Cause like it looks yeah. crazy, crazy good. Um, doing like the rifts where you can pull yourself looks cool. Um, the guns are fun and it's pretty funny too. So for me, this is a hundred percent, a, a fantastic game. Yeah. And with rift apart, insomniac games did say it came out that says like, this is kind of just the beginning mm-hmm. for ratchet and clank again. So I think we're going to start, I think we're going to see a lot more ratchet and clank games come up, especially with how well I think this one's producing and how well it's selling. So yeah. I mean, I'm only, I'm only about an hour or so. And I just started playing it today. Um, this afternoon. So we'll see if it can keep it up and keep me interested the whole time because I haven't finished a Ratchet and Clank game yet. So if it does, I mean, this will totally end up on my top 10 probably for the year as long as it can keep this. I don't know. It comes out of the gate swinging like it's very intense. So it reminds me of just like these huge set pieces you got from like the Uncharted games. Um, So just just a fantastic game. Yeah, it seems like Sony's done a lot better job of it. I felt like it's feel like it started with God of War three mm-hmm. when that game came out and that huge set piece is the tutorial. Yeah. And now a lot of these games are trying to do like huge set pieces, the tutorial to kind of just like get you into it. And I think that's good. I think they Sony has that down to a T. Yeah, the single player fantastic looking game experience has always been there all the way back to like I think like Uncharted two, I think was the first game that I realized like, man single player game this is insane and it's always been sony they just have that locked down and microsoft's still trying to catch up they're not quite there yet they don't have those games yet yeah so while ratchet and clank was really the only game i played sorry about that what i did mm-hmm. want to go ahead and mention too was a bit more 43 now that i remember it sure uh a new uh mario and rabbits game sparks of hope yes was uh announced there of uh, that was weird. Uh, the first game is weird, but it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. We, I, I need to see more of it. It it looks good. And then also, I did want to talk about Stalker 2, Heart of Chernobyl. If you guys have never played that series, and I haven't played Stalker 1, mm-hmm. I really want to say it is very close to what Metro Exodus is. And if you like that game, uh, you should play it. Uh, Metro Exodus is really good, and the Series X and PS5 upgrade is coming out uh friday june 18th so this week so just uh look out for that if you're looking for it but uh because i didn't play any games i just wanted to say too that i'm uh like games i kind of wish we saw i i wanted to see final fantasy i wanted to see a kingdom hearts game being made even though that's probably the biggest stretch that i had yeah i wanted to see switch uh announce a new console and to everybody's surprise, they didn't. We I'm just trying to think here. What else did I want people to kind of show off here? I really wanted a date for Halo Infinite, I think. Yeah. But, you know, we with E3 being what it was last year, we had huge expectations, I think. And maybe this year was kind of the year where they go, OK, guys, this is the first one back from COVID. A lot of things happened. Maybe next year things will be better. But we don't know. Yeah. So, you know, I'll I'll let you go into the games and your opinions on everything. Yeah, I think too games that I wished we would have saw for me. You know, there was the rumors kind of floating around that they were going to announce another Saints Row. Um, that didn't happen, and I would be okay with another Saints Row. I was really hoping for another Super Mario Odyssey. I really thought we would see something. Um, and then 
I'm trying to think what else. Those were the two that jumped to mind. Bayonetta 3, we didn't hear anything about, which I was yeah. like almost certain that we would. I mean, that game's been in development forever. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I think everything else pretty much that I wanted to see showed up. Flight Simulator, getting a date was a big one for me because I just want to, I don't have the computer to run Flight Simulator. So I've been like patiently waiting for it to come out on the Xbox so I can fly over my house because that's literally all I want to do is fly over my house and like the the town we live in you know yeah you couldn't find the graphics card for it anyway it no exactly <laughs> I'm just sitting there like when is, when is this going to come out they've been saying this is going to come out forever um a couple other things that pop into my mind uh the sequel in parentheses to two point hospital was at two point university or something um, that was one I'm excited for. I love Two Point Hospital. Um, I think that might be it. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to see. I mean, Sony didn't show anything, but I'm still holding out hope for another Uncharted somewhere down the line. Um, but that's probably the farthest thing from Naughty Dog's mind right now. So I guess I'll hold off and have to do with Horizon and Ratchet and Clank and God of War for now. All right. And then two other things that I totally forgot until right this second that I did want to bring up. One is uh, there's over 40 demos up on Xbox right now of like a whole bunch of games, uh, mostly indie games um, that you can try out right now. Uh, they usually do this after every three. And I totally forgot to mention that because you can try out a ton of stuff, including probably my personal favorite lawn mowing simulator, which is on there. Um, everybody wants to play that game. I, yeah, I'm going to have to try it out. I have to. I need yep. a push mower. Yeah, I'm ready to go. <laughs> and then the other thing that is more of your opinion on this, but um, my personal opinion on the Zelda game and watch that they announced. Um, interesting, because I feel like they did what they should have done with Mario, which is they included more games, right? You're getting the first Zelda, second Zelda, and then the Zelda that was on Game Boy, I believe. Um that's a lot of games to put in there. So I think that's definitely more worth than just the Mario one just had Super Mario Brothers, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, sure. I mean, I'm not going to buy it, but like that seems like a good deal to have three games on there plus the watch and like a couple of other smaller things. But what do you think? It was an interesting move. I actually didn't expect it because yeah. I don't I don't know how well this other like I don't know how well the Super Mario game and watch thing did. Yeah. You know, you get to you get these games that are cool on the go, but I really don't understand what people would want it for other than like a collector's piece as well. Right. Yeah, I I know I don't have too much of an opinion. The clock thing is cool. I just uh, and maybe you know this better than I do. That clock feature. Is that like the the link character? Is that just him like fighting on his own or is that something I have to control in order to do? I that? don't know. It seemed like you could control it if you want, but I don't think but you have to. Yeah, like I would just want the random link kind of just doing whatever, like yeah. just continuing to shoot enemies as time goes on, which is fine and probably ends up draining the battery life. Right. But I also don't really get the watch feature. Like I can't <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine like pulling a game a game and watch out of my pocket protector and then <laughs> you know, whatever friend looking at me probably going, What the heck is that? Like right. in your pocket like cool it's a conversation starter i guess but everybody has smart watches yep. smartphones uh you know the, the figuring out the time i think almost is one of the easiest things a person could do and having to go into my pocket protector to pull out my <laughs> legend of zelda game and watch yep. uh would only really show uh how much of a nerd i am which is something <laughs> i I don't know. Yeah. We just need to keep throwing out how much of nerds everyone is. I mean, it's definitely a, a throwback. I mean, you don't need a watch device like this when everybody has a phone or an Apple watch or whatever these days. But I mean, showing my age when I was very young in like elementary school, you were the cool kid if you had the watch that you could play either like Tetris or Super Mario on. I think there was okay. like a, there was like a double dragon one. Um so, I mean, that's what they're going back to, and that's fine. It is definitely a collector's thing. I feel like the Mario one was hard to find at first, but you could probably go pretty much anywhere right now and find that Mario game and watch on a shelf. So maybe the Zelda one is more coveted. I don't know. Um, but an interesting idea. I like that they're putting more games into it. Yeah. yeah I'm still not going to so get too. one, though. <laughs> I probably will. 
but yeah. that's because I'm a loser for it. <laughs> um, all right. So games I played besides Ration and Clank, I did play Astro's Playroom again because I just got my PS5. Super cool. Um, I think it definitely deserves to be more than to be called more than just like a demo of your new PlayStation. It's definitely a game on its own. I'm having a lot of fun. I thoroughly enjoy all the artifacts that you find, which are just the older Sony like yeah. you know, PlayStation. Yeah. Well, that is super cool. I really enjoy that. Um, and it's really a good way to get you used to the controller. So super fun. I really like that game a lot. Uh, Chivalry 2. I did play. I believe that came out this week on consoles. Um, very interesting game. First person medieval combat um, team deathmatch style. Each team has a certain amount of infantry units. And obviously when you die, you take one away. Um, but there's a lot of depth into this game as far as like pairing, blocking, um, aiming where you swing to counter what they're trying to block. It's a lot of like chess moves in your head when you're trying to kill people. And then it has a, a, a nice comedic element to it. Like you can, your taunting is hilarious. Um, when you die and come back, you start like at the end of the field, just running and you can like hit a button to just scream and your guy will just scream at the top of his lungs while he's charging, which is hilarious. Um, if you cut off like body parts, like their head, you can pick it up and throw it at other people. Just very interesting and funny things. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I just don't know the longevity on this game. I don't know if it's still popular on PC because it has been out for a, a hot minute there. Um, yeah. But I just don't know how long this is going to last on console with millions of other multiplayer options. But if it's something you can get for like 20 or 30 bucks, I think it's totally worth it. And then last yeah. one, um, Power Washing Simulator. I can't take credit for finding this. You and I both listened to the Fire Escape podcast, and uh, that's where it was first mentioned. That's where I heard it. Um, but man, is it a satisfying game. Uh, I bought a power washer like last month and power washed, you know, the outside of my house, um, the driveway, the steps, everything. And it's just such a like relaxing thing to do that having a game where all you do is power wash backyards, cars, golf carts. Um, I've done a dirt bike. It's just super fun. It's 20 bucks. It's in early access. So they're still technically working on it. Um, it runs extremely smooth on my ancient computer so i'm sure it's going to run well on pretty much anybody's computer at this point uh but a hundred percent would recommend if you're into that if you're into like me like house flipper and all those other games and lawn mowing simulator man this game is such a great time it doesn't really have music so i just put on my own music and just go to town switching nozzles and spraying stuff off it's it's a good time yeah it's I, kind of like actual like working where uh, like if you're mowing the lawn, you're probably listening to your own music while doing yep. it or listening to a podcast. And it'd be the same thing with power washing or with any other daily activities any of us are forced to do where, you know, it's better to probably listen to music than mm -hmm. just think or keep your mind empty. So that's good. Yeah. I mean, I just literally just mowed my lawn today when I got home from work. And I, it just uh, I guess it's a point of when you get old, older, where like you enjoy that time to just throw some headphones in and just go mow and just not really think about anything for like an hour. It's a good time. It's super relaxing. So if for those out there listening who probably are a little bit on the younger side, you probably won't understand, but give it some time and you'll be all about it. Yeah. Just wait a couple <laughs> years and you'll understand yep. what it's like to have to mow grass and power wash yeah. and all that fun stuff. I used to hate it. I, I used to absolutely hate it, especially when I was a kid and my dad would every week be like, you got to mow the lawn, hated it. But now I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go mow the lawn. Yeah, I feel like the closest kids get nowadays is like having to wash their own car. When yeah, you like get your first car when you're 16 or 18. If you know you're lucky to get a car by then. It's so, true. And also that's like when you can look forward to it. <laughs> Side tangent here. And again, this is going to tell you that I'm old, but uh, my push mower, like I have a ride on and I have a push mower, right? And my push mower has been having issues where um, this is hilarious. There's nothing to do with gaming, but whatever, um, where like it was constantly cutting in and out. And I couldn't figure out why. So, you know, I'm not like mechanically inclined. I don't work on my own cars. I don't change my own oil. I just don't. Um, but I, you know, kind of took some stuff apart, pretty much the whole lawnmower apart and self-diagnosed the problem and got it running today. And it's super smooth. It's like the best feeling in the world where you're like, I figured out a machine on yeah. my own. You know, it's just a good feeling. So I don't know. I, I, I'm just old. That's all that is. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it well, that's all i played 
All right, so that's it for games. We're going to go ahead and get into movies for this week. And yeah. for me, that's going to be Bad Batch, mm-hmm. Loki, yes. and In the Heights. Yes, double yes. No, so the other one. We'll, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, we'll start with probably Loki, but what was your, what were you going to say? No, you're good. I just have one more. I watched uh, the first two episodes of Clarkson's Farm. So Okay. Oh, and I also finished Dave. I also finished oh, Dave. Oh, sweet. That's right. Okay. So... We'll start off with Loki because that was like literally the thing that showed up on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of the oldest, oldest takes here. But Loki, I think, starts off pretty OK. Like there's a lot of world building in this episode because mm-hmm. let's be honest, like this is kind of the first series to go into like the timeline for Marvel and how the timeline works. Yep. So, you know, Loki ends up. You know, we pick him. We pick up right where he left off when he took the Tesseract from the first Avengers movie in this alternate timeline where he actually escapes instead of gets captured. And with that, he teleports to a new he teleports somewhere else. And that's where the timeline divergence starts. And then he meets the I'm going to call them time cops. Yeah. And. Yeah. The time cops come and take him. Uh, he ends up kind of getting processed through the entire time, uh, like time area thing and ends up meeting Osin, uh, Owen Wilson's character, Morbius. Yeah, it's Morbius, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And they kind of go over like how his life's all about failure and everything like that. So it's kind of a cool building episode for him where, you know, he kind of learns about his mistakes and the things that led to you know him being the way he is uh like he kind of finds out that he killed his mom uh on on he didn't mean to do it but he did in the in the original timeline you also find out that like this place has a bunch of infinity stones and they're all just kind of sitting in the sitting in a cabinet where people are using them as paperweights so yeah they don't matter (laughs) yeah it's it's kind of like with with these things it's it's this all being type thing where we're finally getting into like this, like it's not all about stones or villains. It's the fact that like the timeline is screwy and that they're going to have to rely on, or Loki will probably have to rely on his powers and cunning and whatever Morbius can do. We still don't know in order to figure this out. Like it's not all about infinity stones for once in Marvel's timeline here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. There are definitely, you know, the whole time thing started with Endgame when they went back and changed to bring everybody back and get the stones and all that. But yeah, this is definitely the timeline. That's the phase we're going into. Um, the TVA, the time variance, what is that? Association? Authority. 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 Time variance yeah. associate. Yeah, authority. Um, you know, Kevin Feige did say that this will be the series that has the most effect on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And you can already tell, like, this is the kickoff here for you know, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is going to have a big part. And I think this is setting that up. This is going to be setting up probably the villain for the next phase. Um, but overall, like the first episode, I really liked it. I thought it was hilarious. Like Owen Wilson and uh, Tom Hiddleston are hilarious together. They work extremely well. So yeah. I'm super excited. I absolutely loved this first episode. Um, for me, it's it's up there so far with WandaVision. I think WandaVision and Loki are kind of neck and neck and then uh falcon and winter soldier would be underneath that so far but man it's getting me excited i'm ready for the movies i'm ready for all that yeah like impressive first episode i kind of wish we saw the first two i kind of wish they did what they did with wandavision but here or there nonetheless (laughs) here of and tomorrow a new episode comes out so yep i believe there's there's six episodes i think in this series i believe is what they said and that'll lead us right into Black Widow. Yep. And I look forward to Black Widow. The yeah. trailers that have come out for that movie look good. Yeah, exactly. All right. So uh, I'll go into the Bad Batch just because it's okay. kind of a quicker thing here. Uh, the Bad Bat, the new episode for Bad Batch kind of made a lot of decent strides into what's going on next. The Bad Batch end up meeting Rex, a clone trooper that got his inhibitor chip removed where you know rex meets uh omega and kind of convinces the crew like you need to get rid of these inhibitor chips because they're not like they're not safe like it's dangerous and you're a danger to everybody including omega here 
So Rex goes out, finds an old place that apparently will get the inhibitor chips take uh, taken off. They kind of have some trials with monsters and everything like that. But kind of the big thing here is uh, Wrecker, the person closest, I guess we could say closest or friendliest to Omega, ends up uh, turning. And the inhibitor chip goes off in him, and that's what all of his headaches are. And he starts uh, destroying the place and trying to kill the team. The team exceeds, succeeds and gets, you know, the inhibitor chip out of Wrecker in the end. But it, it just kind of goes to show, like, what the one character from the Bad Batch crosshair, the sniper, is going through. Where, you know, the, the inhibitor chip that went into all the clones is not something any of them then, that, that can control it. Like, it's just something that the literally the cloning facility in the Empire have full control over. So all of them getting uh, de-chipped, I think, is a big move for the Bad Batch. We just have to, you know, see where it goes from here in another really decent episode. How many episodes are left? I don't know. OK, uh, how many have they I done so far? I imagine 12. I think okay. we're on five or six here. OK, so about halfway. Yeah, but and they're usually like 30 minutes. So mm -hmm. it's not like something where it's Loki. I imagine it's 12 episodes. I hope it is, but we'll find okay. out. Okay. Sounds like it's getting better, though. Yeah, the episodes have been a lot more consistent now that they're done setting up. You know, uh, it seems like they're done setting up. But again, this is kind of the problem of the week here where a problem arises and they solve it at the end of the week. So and I <laughs> right. and I like it. I'm OK with it. So they can keep okay. that up. Um, I can go over, we'll go over Clarkson's farm here. Um, for those who don't know, this is on Amazon prime. Um, this is Jeremy Clarkson from top gear. Uh, I love, I guess you can't really say from top gear anymore, but that's what I'm going to say from top gear. Um, yeah. so I love everything to do with these three guys. Obviously this is just Jeremy Clarkson and this is just a series of what he did during COVID basically. Um, he owns a farm that's like hundreds and hundreds of acres and that he's been paying people to take care of. And then when COVID hit, obviously they weren't recording episodes um, or doing anything. So he went back to his farm and he decided that he was going to become a farmer. And obviously they're going to film it because that's what you do with Jeremy Clarkson. You film him all the time. Um, and basically it's him trying to figure out different things like how to plant crops. Um, I've watched the first two episodes. The first one was him trying to plant crops. The second one was him buying sheep and trying to take care of sheep and breed sheep. Um, these, this show is hilarious and I don't think you should expect anything less from Jeremy Clarkson. Um, he's always causing chaos and you know, the whole thing is like him realizing that how expensive it is to operate a farm. Um, and you know, he, you know, he decides to buy sheep to essentially mow his grass in the areas that he's not planting in because he figures it'd be cheaper. Obviously it's not. Um, but just a all around hilarious time. There's been numerous moments where I've been like dying laughing. Uh, so 100% check it out. It's on Amazon Prime. I know they put all the episodes up at once. I think there's like eight or nine episodes. They're an hour apiece. Um, but if you're into his type of, you know, British humor, you will not be disappointed. I could care less about farming, but it's very informative and hilarious. So definitely check that out. Yeah, I have to watch that. I'm glad you're telling me because I had no idea anything when yeah. him came out. And I love <laughs> and I love them from Top Gear and the Grand Tour. Yeah. So, yep, uh, absolutely. hilarious. I mean, the first thing he does, he has to buy a tractor. He buys a Lamborghini tractor, right? Like his Lamborghini makes tractors. <laughs> so it's ridiculous. <laughs> I have to. Yeah, this is going to be fun. But before we get into the heights, I will go ahead and talk about Dave, which I ended up finishing. Mm -hmm. Dave is awesome. Um the last little bit of the season kind of ramps up to this huge like uh, climax to where he has to decide and he needs to decide whether or not he wants to work with a label or not. And, you know, the world's kind of falling down around him with his girlfriend and everything. So uh, Dave is funny and it's super serious sometimes. Like there are episodes where it's not funny at all and it's actually like a good drama. And that's kind of the flexibility of this show, Dave, um, which is, I guess, a a retelling maybe of little Dickie's life. I'm not mm -hmm. completely sure, but it is, it, it's it, the show's hilarious. And the last episode ends with him freestyling and the, and you know, it's, it's a show. He's not actually freestyling. It's all scripted and everything, mm -hmm. but the way it ends, like had me in my seat going like F yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> like that was just, it was such a cool, cool way to end season one. 
and season two comes out here, I think in like this week. So, okay. um, if you haven't watched Dave yet, like I think you should, it's super funny and it's actually like a good, a good story in general. And on top of that, um, I'll let you guys know it's raunchy kind of comedy. So sometimes it's funny in a clean way and sometimes it's not in the worst mm-hmm. way. <laughs> and so to just keep that in mind when watching it. But I, I really love Dave and I'm glad I picked it up, you know, here rather than never doing it at all. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So in the Heights, the yeah, HBO, musicals, the <laughs> HBO exclusive. Yes, we are musicals now and movie theater exclusive, I'll say. But I watched yes. it on HBO Max. I imagine you did as well. Yeah, I watched it at home. Yep. OK, uh, in the Heights. So this is directed by or help co-directed. There's two people, Lin-Manuel Miranda, mm-hmm. who did who did Hamilton and then the co-director, who I don't know his name, but he did. Um, oh, what was that movie? I just forgot. Now I'm angry. I'll look it up while you're talking here. So the movie itself, I the camera work is like really stunning. And if you want to know what it's about, it's kind of uh, the area of Washington Heights located in New York. And kind of all of these individual character struggles where... Uh, one character wants to leave and go to, uh, I think, the Dominican Republic or it's Puerto Rico. It's one of the two and rebuild his father's um, like shack or s- soda stand. <laughs> one wants to become a fashion designer. The other one is like coming back from Stanford College and realizing it's, you know, college is kind of not all sh- not all she wanted it to be. And the other one just kind of a young guy. Did you end yep. up finding it yet? John Chu, Crazy Rich Asians. That's it. Um, Yep, he also did Now You See Me and the Step Up movies and one of the G.I. Joe movies as well. Okay, but with musicals, you're going to get a lot of musical songs here. And Craig and I were both talking about this. The songs are really good. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite is 96,000. Yes, uh, 100%. <laughs> the the pool, like, it, it starts off with, you know, lottery numbers and the pool scene. It's greatly directed. There's a mm-hmm. whole bunch of, like, moving pieces and dancing going on. I just, uh, I, I, I loved that song. And it was probably one of the few, like, catchy ones. Like, and I'll say all the songs I thought were good. I didn't have a yeah. problem with any of the songs. Other than pa, uh, Pacencia y Fe, which mm-hmm. is the Abuela song. But the only reason I have a problem with it is because, like, she gets the song and then becomes irrelevant to the story. Like, you really yeah. don't get to know this character very much. And the moment, like, you finally learn more about her, she's kind of washed away from the movie. So I, I didn't really like that. And that's really the only criticism I have about the movie. Um, one of the end songs where, and I, I forget the song's name as well, but I, that's cause I was so floored by the camera work on it. <laughs> it's the two characters and they're like walking on top of a building. Like it's yeah. just imagery. They're not actually doing it, but the camera work on it was insane. And the, yep. and kind of the screen effects that they were playing off of was awesome. So yeah. like for me in the Heights, um, I know it didn't do spectacularly in the box office and that's probably because it was on HBO max. But the movie is great. Yeah. I mean, they're riding off Lin-Manuel's fame. Uh, He wrote this before he wrote Hamilton. So this is his first musical that he wrote. A couple of things that I found kind of digging around that I thought was cool was um, the main character. um, I forget his name. I'm probably gonna have to look him up uh, like the actual actor's name here. But he originally auditioned for the main role in the Broadway production of this, and he did not get it. So I thought it was kind of fitting that he comes back and and gets the movie role here. Um, But yeah, Lin-Manuel is, uh, I mean, I think it's safe to say that the man is a uh, musical genius at this point, right? This was his first attempt at a musical, and I think it's fantastic. Obviously, Hamilton is fantastic. Um, It's just a great movie. I'm not a huge fan of Broadway and musicals in general, but like this kept my attention. The music I thought was extremely good. That 96,000 song is like, man, I listened to that in my car. I'm bumping along to that in my car, which is fantastic. (laughs) Um, You know, there's a lot of, a lot of Spanish in this movie, right? That they don't translate for you. 
And yeah. as somebody who doesn't know Spanish, I don't know what they're saying, but it doesn't hinder me at all because I still get the point that they're trying to get across here. So I think that's handled very well. I enjoyed seeing, obviously, Lynn takes a, a small role in the movie. Um, in the original Broadway, he was the main character, but, um, you know, he takes a small role as the uh, uh, the shaved ice vendor. You see a yes. couple other people from Hamilton as well kind of show up throughout, like the uh, guy selling ice cream was the man who played George Washington in the Hamilton Broadway production there. So overall, just, man, it's a great movie. Even if you don't like musicals, I think there's enough there to, you know, keep you entertained the entire time. Um, I don't know. I think the, I almost go ahead. I was going to say the actor's name is Anthony Ramos. OK, yes. Anthony Ramos. Um, I don't know. I me personally, I think if I had the choice, I'd rather watch In the Heights than I would Hamilton. And that probably will get me killed by people. But I, have I just to agree. Had, yeah, I had more fun with this. I think overall, the music, the songs in Hamilton, there, there's more there's more bangers in Hamilton. Right. But I think some of these songs in In the Heights are, man, they're fantastic. So if I was had to choose, I would rather watch In the Heights over and over than Hamilton. But please don't kill me. <laughs> yeah. And like looking at it now, there's a, like there, there are a lot of songs like In the mm -hmm. Heights, Breathe, 96,000. According to this, like there's like a 23 songs. Mm -hmm. And Lin Manuel Miranda, what we will say, I will say, his song uh, uh, "Petty Agua" mm -hmm. is it's a pretty funny song. Like yeah. uh, Lin Manuel Miranda, like doesn't have the best singing voice, and I think he knows that. But he continues to, uh, if he continues to put out these musicals and continues to like have the success he is, I I don't mind that he's in his own movies. Yeah, or no, in his, not at or all. In his own songs, especially yeah. when. Like in here, he's not like really essential to the plot at all. No. Nope. So it's it's just kind of a fun little interlude between, mm -hmm. you know, in a way a musical does it where there's an interlude between changing sets or changing costumes or, or you know, a, a break. Uh, this is kind of the, the thing that would happen during that break. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. Definitely watch it. Even if you don't like musicals, at least give it a chance and see what you think. Um but yeah, super, super good. Yeah, I, I will say that the movie is a little long at two mm -hmm. hours and 23 minutes, especially for a musical, at least for my taste. Like, that's a lot of song yeah. to get through. Um, but all of the singers really kill it and they yeah. all do. They all do very well. And yes, again, as Craig mentioned, it's uh, there's a lot of Spanish. This kind of revolves around the Spanish community mm -hmm. in this area of Washington Heights. And, uh, you know, I don't care. I don't care that uh, <laughs> that I'm biased toward it. I, I love this stuff. Like if I can connect it to video games, I feel like um, the moment in Miles Morales where you go out during the winter and there's that like uh, Puerto Rican festival going on. Mm -hmm. I feel like the Washington Heights thing isn't that far away from that. Like, <laughs> yeah, it could have it could have cut to Washington Heights, cut back to the game. And I might have been <laughs> like, oh, you know what? OK, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Agreed. It's a stretch. It's a stretch, but <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely well done. So was that part of Miles Morales. I love that part when you're just kind of walking around talking to everybody. Great. Yeah. So with that, that's going to kind of be it for the podcast here. Thank you guys for listening. And if you liked it, please share it on social media. Tell your friends about it. We really appreciate you guys helping us grow. And if you did make it past the last episode where I did the E3 um, night before Christmas thing, I just <laughs> wanted to say sorry for how cringy it was. Uh, people <laughs> said they did laugh at it. So I, I it's did pretty enjoy, good. Yeah, I did enjoy the reactions for, that I got from it. So uh, with that, if you want to support us, please make sure you like us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. We're pretty active on all three of them. I did want to mention with the coming podcasts, I will be taking three weeks off. I will be editing and we do still plan on having the podcast just with guests. Yep. Uh, I, I was going to say that I was waiting yeah. until the end here, but we're sending you off for three weeks to reconnect, right? <laughs> yes. With, so, with my heritage. Right. So we are, we'll get some, some guests in here and we'll still continue on. Uh, we'll soldier on without you. Uh, for the next three weeks. 
Yeah, what I will be able to do, though, is I will be able to write and type up stuff. So I hope that, you know, in in you guys listening the podcast, you'll be able to see and I'll, you know, Craig will mention that I post stories and whatnot. And I'll probably send you little notes of whatever game I'm playing on Switch. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I'll have little notes for Metro Exodus because I am getting that game for Xbox. So I, I will send notes about that. But uh, just continue, guys, to continue listening. Please support. We really do appreciate, of course, again, everything you guys have done and for listening week in and week out. Absolutely. And, and with that, that's going to be it for me for three weeks. Uh-oh. But, um, <laughs> Craig will make sure to take care of you guys. Yep. And with that, I'll see you next time. See you later.